Power is always dangerous. The winter is coming. I'm getting lost in the details of nothing. Remember the first time you saw Star Wars? We were still living at your mom's house. While Dwight is in New York for his brother's funeral, he learns some unsettling news from both Tulsa and the home front. This is Season 1, Episode 5 of Tulsa King, Token Joe. And you are channel surfing with the bargain bin. Description from IMDb, we will not be holding back on spoilers. I am Sandro, and I am joined, as always, by my podcast partner in crime, Ben, and our neighbor downstairs, Mark. So, what did we think? Uh, this this was a, a weird one. Um, it, it was definitely an episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like it, it diverged drastically from the vibe that we got from the first four episodes. Uh, and I don't think I'm a fan of it. Sandro, Mark, immediate thoughts on um, the sent- your sentiments on the episode, not getting into plot points, but your overall just feeling how it, how it left you. I'm curious. I don't want to talk about it, but I will. But I'm going to let Sandro go first. (laughs) I found this to be a very Jekyll and Hyde episode. Everything that was involving Dwight in the episode, I found actually very unentertaining for once. Yep. And then the focus being put on all of his, for lack of a better word, underlings back in Tulsa, having to kind of deal with some ongoings without him, I found super intriguing and thought that. This might have actually worked as an episode if Dwight wasn't in it at all. And the entire episode was Dwight essentially telling us, I'm going to my brother's funeral in New York, and that's it. We don't see him again, and it's all just the other stuff, because that would have been a way better episode. I I wish that was the case. I agree with you completely. Um, Stallone has been a shining light in this series for me. I I was so surprised from episode one. I loved seeing him on screen the entire time. In this episode, I I didn't want him in it. I like you said, I was much more interested in what was going on with Tyson, uh, with Bodie, um, with Mitch. Uh it was all so much better than everything we got with Dwight. But Dwight was the focus. Uh even Manny and Roxy, like they're they're back and forth. Like give me more Roxy in this episode. Um, my, my fears were realized when we started dealing with Tina. I don't want Dwight's daughter in this show. And the storyline we get with her, like the, the, the main dramatic element of the storyline we get with her, I don't want in this show. I don't want to deal with in this show. I hate it. And I know that it's just driving Dwight to deal with his mob family in more violent ways. But I, I would prefer if the, the mob story took the back seat in this show. I want to see what he does in Tulsa. I don't want him to deal with revenge storylines. Um, we'll we'll get to the 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 key factor here in a bit. I'm sure you both have uh, opinions on it. It 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 felt like this episode did not belong in the series we've been watching. Uh, Mark, you seem rather hesitant to state your opinion, but I have to ask, how did you feel about this? So you're asking about the overall feeling. We yeah. will get into specifics, obviously, because there's there's contrast to Sandro's amazing point of the Jekyll and Hyde. But yeah. if I wanted to watch an Oprah Winfrey movie or a Lifetime Network movie or a Hallmark film, I'll put on a show like this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like not interested at all, at all in 
the way they did any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, I hate to say a misstep. Um, Oh no, he very much got the step he wanted. Yes. Uh, Very good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Could it have been possibly the writer's attempt to create this depth that they, to try something new in their writing style? Or is this very Taylor Sheridan? Uh, this is not very, very Taylor Sheridan. Um, okay, so maybe that's something to try, try at, stab at. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to grab a grasp at straws because it was so out of, it just didn't fit at all. I, I'm like, oddly, I don't know what, I'm not feeling, I need to take a shower. For yeah, time. we're on the same page there, Mark. Um, this is a ballsy move to do an episode like this in the middle of a season, especially a pilot season. Because this is going to shake any of your viewers that you've started to amass. And not in a good way. I, I don't think this episode was entertaining for the most part. For the reasons that Sandra said. Because we focus on, on Dwight and his family. Um, I, f- I feel like this could be a problem. Is to your point. Say you know, you're streaming and like I, I watch stuff with my girlfriend. We stream like cooking shows or whatever. You have this streaming with your couple, friend, or whoever, your partner, or just friends or whatever. And mm-hmm. you get to this episode, and then the next week, you just happen to cancel because something comes up. Two weeks later, you coming back to this? Amazing point. Like, it could easily fall off the radar with all of the content that's out there. This was, it didn't feel right. And I'm sorry to criticize it so deeply, but I, I did not enjoy it. No, I, I love that point. If, if you are waiting and watching the show episode by episode like week to week this will this will break your pattern if i had to wait until next week to watch the next episode i might not come back to this show well i think the episode as a whole sucked um Mm -hmm. the main reason being exactly what i said it's a jekyll and hyde episode and unfortunately they gave us more of the dwight story which was absolutely not interesting and every time tina was on the screen i was actually just not interested there's not really a better way to say it i just didn't care yeah. i will say that the way that they ended the dwight storyline did make me want to tune into the next episode but it was tough to get to and honestly i i could see a lot of people checking out before that happened yeah. if the majority of the episode was what was going on in tulsa and they kept the stuff with tina to a minimum like cut down these scenes the dinner table with his family oh my god that First of all, that didn't need to be there. But if you're going to put it in, man, you could have cut that in half and given more time to Tyson, right? Yes. Or Bodie. Yep. And you might have had a better episode. But like, seriously, give me Dwight for five minutes of this episode. Just sprinkle in a couple of these conversations with his sister. I don't need the... I mean, it was a well done. I really like the note that he left on the answering machine yep. um, for his sister-in-law. But he didn't need it. Like, we know he cares about his brother. He didn't need it. Cut all of that stuff down. Shave it down to a minimum. Just give me the main story beats. He's trying to get back together with Tina. Tina reveals information about Nico. He does what he does. And then let the rest of the episode be carried by what's going on in in Tulsa because every single part of Tulsa, Manny, Bodie, Tyson, Mitch, all super well done. Even the part where you're seeing kind of the length of the reach that the biker club has with the the police and stuff like that yes super well done yeah excellently done also yeah yeah great world building yeah 
I mean, all those parts were very, very well done. And then this other thing, yeah, we get it. It's awkward. Do we really need to see extra awkward? Yeah. It's and and I I, I hate to say it. Do we need the Nico storyline? Is there not enough friction? Yeah, I, like, I do. It. You really need to add that. No. And the way the, and the way she said, it, I don't want to say it, but like, come on, the reveal was ridiculous too. The reveal was ridiculous with horrible acting leading up to it. But let's let's go back to the beginning and we'll we'll cover it, you know, start to finish. I got I want to ask you guys. <laughs> do you even remember the scene that Stacy was in? Yes. <laughs> Sitting in a park on the phone? I I don't that's all I remember. Is that what she she essentially yes. Okay. Her entire role in this episode, and you're telling me that this was necessary to take away time from Tulsa, was Dwight calls her, says, oh, I can't get together with my daughter. Oh, keep trying. It'll get better. Oh, this biker gang is dangerous. We can't talk about it over the phone. End of episode appearance. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> note, my note for Stacy just says, Stacy, placeholder? <laughs> Insert important Stacy scene later. <laughs> exactly. Mark, earmark here. But like I said, go back to the, the very beginning. We've got like, Fly me to the moon. Sold immediately. Loved I, it because it was it harkened back to like where he's going. Yes, exactly. It I sold me. It. It's like we're going back Everything. to old school boys and girls. And then we go right to like, the idea of Joe's funeral. Okay. We knew it was coming. We're not going to escape that. That's fine. But then we get the reveal that the biker, the full reveal, we, we assumed we saw bits and pieces before. But the biker is working with the cops. And we knew it was coming, but I also really appreciated it. I, I felt like it was a decent move forward in the story. It this, was. I think they needed to make the connection. And Sandra's point earlier about it, too, was just like, that was spot on. The step back, though, was mob versus family, for, for me anyway. It's nice to see Chicky back on screen. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Really good. It just, the, uh, this whole episode was so broken up with forced scenes, like seeing shit like that and then going into Tyson getting arrested. I was like, I don't care about what happened before. Show me more of what Tyson's dealing with. Like you said, Sandra, the people back in Tulsa are the big storyline for me now. So are we abandoning Dwight? as a favored character in the story, seeing that when you remove him from, from Tulsa, we just don't really care that much. I, I, I think that there is a little bit of a focus done here on Dwight's value because it is his absence that allows us all to get unraveled. Not to yes. say that that's the exact, ca exact catalyst for it, but like timing-wise in the episodes, everything's going well, and as soon as he's not there, shit hits the fan. Right. So clearly yep. they are they're emphasizing his value, but it's also a good way to give these guys a little bit more shine. And I thought the Tyson stuff and how it tied into the Bodie stuff was fantastic. Yep. Man, yeah. was kind of on his own as well. Like, like it was almost like, OK, we have the Tyson Bodie storyline, the Manny storyline and the Dwight storyline. That's what this episode was, the three different storylines. I think this might have been a test this episode because, yeah, we've got Tyson, Bodie. Uh, Manny, Mitch, we needed Dwight to bring these characters together. 
but we don't need Dwight to make them good. So now that they're together, and all of us cared more about these characters than Dwight, I can I can see Dwight not making it through this season, like I've said before. No, and yeah. I'm fairly certain we all said that. Well, I think I said it in the very first episode that are they going to pull a Sean Bean Game of Thrones? Like, yeah. bring in the big name in the first season, and then once you've established the characters and gotten you to care about them, you don't need him anymore. Because, yeah. like I said, this episode episode could have been entirely devoid of Dwight. We didn't. We could have cut out all of that. Just had him essentially. Let's say, oh, the opening scene of the episode is Tyson dropping him off at the airport for the funeral, and then we don't see him again. Yep. Put a little bit of his storyline at the beginning of the next episode or something like that, and it would have been able to shine because these other characters have been grown to the point where we care about them and we actually are interested in their storyline and they have a lot of depth. I mean, the whole time with the Tyson storyline, I'm wondering, like, is his dad going to come in here? His dad who's always around when he needs him because it had more intrigue to me. I didn't care what Dwight was doing. I would love it if Mark came in and took over the Dwight role. I have a couple different thoughts. Not that they're contrarian to what you guys are thinking, because I think you're thinking the same thing, but um, or I'm on the same wavelength, but I do have a couple thoughts on the way they did this. First, to your point, context changes the content. Dwight mm-hmm. was written really shitty in this episode. Yep. Like you put anybody in those situations and we're all falling asleep. Like the, it's just uh, the situations that they put, they wrote him in were awful. You, you can't do anything with it, right? Kind of boxed in. Secondly, it's funny because in these episodes, uh, Tyson gives the password to his phone that has all the contacts that exposes Dwight very quickly in with just because he has to go to the bathroom or did he or I don't know. And then uh, and then the other guy, uh, to get, you know, ta- says that he's been extorted already. Like he's already these guy. These guys have already broken in like a day mm-hmm. and it shows how still fickle the relationship is without Dwight. Yeah, because they're amateurs. They really are. You think about it in the sense of the show. Right. They haven't been at this for a long time. They don't know how to respond to these situations. Yeah. To your point, though, there there needs to be that glue, right? So obviously the absence of Dwight. And it it is weird that it was a timing thing that he happens to be out of town when they do all the other stuff. Because it's not like they timed that. You know what I mean? It's just timed out that way, right? Um, My thought is with Dwight killing Nico in front of the guys that's a solid way to start writing him out of the show because not not only did he break the other guy's jaw but now he's murdered one of them in front of the other guys right. so if they want to get rid of him and continue the story from a creative perspective a perfect opportunity right someone needs to run that kingdom that he just destroyed because he did some bad things right yeah basically yeah um, I had a different thought on that because I thought he was going to go after Pete in the hospital. And, and he kind of did. And, no, but I thought he was going to kill him. And in that situation, there's no witnesses. Now there's a lot more speculation. Yeah. Having him do this in front of the other guys is going <laughs> to raise questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, somebody's right. like, And Nico there. wasn't made, right? Nico is under the. Uh, the, the or whatever yeah but somebody might take ownership as that he was my responsibility but at the same time that act is at least gonna elicit the question why did he just do that unless they already have see the the problem here is that this looks very cookie cutter to me because now 
Dwight killed Nico in front of the guys. Chicky goes to his father. His father will say something along the lines of like, you know, Dwight question made him. He was talking about you leave him out of this, blah, blah, blah. Chicky can't. So he kills his father, takes over. And now they go after Dwight. And I don't want to see that story because we've seen that in every fucking mob movie ever. Yeah. It's old. It's tired. We don't need it. Let's focus on the young blood, the new characters that you don't really see in the storyline. Like I said before, like go back to Tulsa and let's let's give these guys the uh, the, the starring roles now. Um, well, this is where we get that divided fronts, right? Because it really feels like it's going to be the young guys dealing with the biker gang and Dwight dealing with the mob. Yeah, but do you want to see Dwight deal with the mob? I don't. That could be where the baton is passed. I hope so. Because if that's, well, I mean, if that's I, I the mean, route look, they're it, taking, I don't, want, I don't want to see that. Right. To your point, I mean, if you're talking about Sean Bean, I mean, he owns one of the kingdoms. It's a new Tulsa kingdom that he's just created. Mm -hmm. He's a problem. They get rid of the king and replace him. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's very, very cookie cutter to your point. I don't like it either. I want to bring up one thing that I think the three of us hated. And I, I was nervous about it episodes Tina. ago. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean bring up? I think we've all already said it in this episode that no, Tina I, was like, We have horrible. to make a point of it, though. She is the worst. If she could act, like if I felt something, it's one thing. Or if it felt fluid, it felt like lines were being read, not felt or not expressed. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt, it did not feel, I don't know what she was trying to convey. Well, yes, the, the acting was absolutely terrible. But the lines were equally terrible. So I don't want to hold the actor to that because I don't think they were given much to work with. But what a horrible character. And I, I feel I, I hate I hate to say this. I hate to say the fact that they threw away the estranged father daughter storyline just to throw in the fact that one of Dwight's former associates raped her while he was in prison. Now that infuriates him and sends him up against his former mob family. Right. Like, we didn't want to see the character dealt with in the first place. We don't want to see them so cheaply misused in the story. And not only was the character horribly represented, but now it felt like it was just a throwaway bit in one episode. So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to see the character back again, but I, at the same time I feel like we need to see a redemption arc for her. And okay. I, I like I want to see it and I don't because the character was so horribly built up. I don't know. Forget redemption arc. Have her come in and, and be revealed that she wasn't actually sexually assaulted and she just made that up to fuck with Dwight. Oh, go hardcore villain. Okay. Yeah. I, I could but I she, could very much be down with I that. I could lean she very is much so into that. jaded by him and angry that she's just like, Yeah, you know what? Start a war, get yourself killed. That's what you get. I made up the whole thing. If they are so aware of the dislike for the character that they act, they had anticipated it and, and had written her that way, I got fooled immediately and well done. <laughs> that would be amazing. The acting in this episode was so bad because Tina was acting. I, I will say it this way. I wanted to do that, but if it does happen that way, I'm going to think you cheated and watched it ahead. <laughs> Sandro, you constantly rewrite the problems I have with movies that we cover in the bargain bin and make, make the stories a lot better. I feel like you're doing the same thing here. And I hope, I hope you are right. 
because that would be amazing. I, I would have been swerved completely. Um, I, I'd like to commend Sylvester Stallone's acting in this episode for one thing. You watch the man go hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, reel it in, explode, reel it in. Like he, yeah. he went into that hospital hot as all get out, compose himself to walk into the, his friends, you know, into the bed and then explode it again and then let go and then compose himself, walked out, explode it again, and then compose himself and walked out. Like, and I think you're underselling it too, because it's the moments in between. It's not just that he goes from hot to cold and then hot again. Seeing him sitting in that chair and watching the water boil over. Yeah, watching him grow. Like, like to your so point, good. like the Jekyll and Hyde. He literally went Jekyll and Hyde in this episode as the show went Jekyll yeah. and Hyde. Let's talk about what's going on in Tulsa a bit more, though, because really the... <laughs> that matters. Tyson, <laughs> and, okay, Manny, not that important, right? Some co-worker of Manny's was a little too uppity for herself. Roxy, yeah. There, no, there was like a... Real arrogance to her that I did not like him preaching this. Oh, look at me. I'm tough because my man's tough. But the actual good storyline of the Tyson, Bodie, and Mitch connection just needs to be commended. Go on. Well, I think Tyson did a fantastic job. I loved how they just legit brought Bodie in without even giving us like a build up to it. It was just like, oh, we're taking the bag over his head, like off of his head, and it's Bodie. And we're going to interrogate him. And we used Tyson to, to get to it all. And then the handoff to Mitch, it all connected with the three of them very seamlessly for the episode. Yeah. What do you think about Bodie being the complete weak link? Nothing. Because he gave up all the info he had immediately. Right. He said, I was being, I'm the one being extorted. Like, yeah, I I'm gave up every Bodie. bit of information right. whatsoever. And, and I'm telling you, the password to the phone is a lot more damning in today's world than you might think. You know what I'm saying? With the information that they gleaned off the phone. And they kept it, remember? Yep. He didn't get it back. Kept his phone and his $1,200. And his $1,200. I mean, yeah, but you can re-earn that, but you can't re-earn the data that you, you know what I mean? The information that you just gave to these people. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to finding out what sort of control the biker gang has over the police. Because when we saw them for the first time at that, I don't know, hot dog stand type thing. The fair, yeah. yeah. Was it the fair? Yep. Uh, whatever. The biker guy was eating an ice cream cone and they were getting hot dogs, whatever. It almost seemed like they were reluctant. But then when you see the police at the police station, they were loving it. These guys were not reluctant. They were living it up. Yeah. And then the part that I found the most interesting was there was a little bit of a subtlety to the police interaction. Um, not from the viewer standpoint, but from the Tulsa standpoint, right? And then it's the police that just flat out drop Bodie off. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like they had the bag over his head earlier. Maybe he didn't see, Tyson didn't see that they were connected or anything like that. And then they just walk him into the bar at the end. Yeah. Right. My, my problem with that is when they try and throw their weight around, Mitch calls them out on things they should already know about how they have no jurisdiction on that land. And right, but, they, but they in look America, they like the strong arm. Yeah, but they look incredibly confused. Like, they had no idea. Oh, I thought the look was like, shit, you got us. Yeah, I thought yeah I'm with Mark that, on that one. I thought that last look was like, Disagree. damn it. Oh, God, I just want to be over there and just club you with this stick right now. Well, because both of those cops come across as being incredibly stupid. 
<laughs> and, those two, yes. and Mitch, Mitch is not. So, right, right. I, I just i I don't see them being overly confident because they don't really seem to know anything. So when he calls them out, they're like, "Whoa, I guess he he knows what he's talking about." And then they just let Bodie go and leave. And it did not feel threatening. It should have been a really strong point for Mitch, and 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 Mitch's lines were delivered perfectly. He was great in this episode, but it, he was it, in so little of it, though. We needed more Mitch. We always need more Mitch. I mean, I was going to reference this as my favorite scene, Ben, and you're tearing it apart like he's no, a weakling. <laughs> it, it, it's my favorite scene too. He's not a weakling. He knows what he's doing, and that's what right. I love. He was the most confident character in this episode. And that's where the torch is being passed, by the way, I think. Yeah, I just found it strange that the the police who seem to know how to run the town and who are being, I would assume, funded to an extent by the biker gang, um, totally forgot about the scenario and know that they have no, no legal grounds to be there. Right. So I, I loved it. It was a great swerve. I really appreciated it. But when you go back and look at the scenario, like it doesn't really make sense. As one who lives in Arizona, which with much Native American land around us and a lot of federal reserve yeah. land and stuff like that, it is like that. Like the police will bully you and you're like, well, I'm in Pima County. I'm in this area where, you know, I'm in a native land. And, you know, there's certain jurisdictions they share and certain things they don't. It's very, it's very interesting. And I think the police just went into that thing thinking they could strong arm anybody using I'm a cop yeah. and you're not. I'm confident that if there wasn't witnesses in the bar, they wouldn't have taken that as an answer. Yeah, you're probably right. True. But there's a whole room full of witnesses that verbally heard Mitch advise that they had no jurisdiction. And now if they act, it's not like they're just quieting one person. That's a good point. And I do want to touch on something that Mark said there and the passing of the torch. But when Mitch essentially gets Bodie out of their custody puts his arm around him and they kind of walk away. I'm like, if Dwight is gone, Mitch is taking over. Yeah, he patted him on the shoulder too. Definitely. Like a nice hard pat. Because not only will he have the same level of calm under pressure, knowledge of how the, the, you know, criminal world works, but he'll actually have, you know, Bodhi's respect. Like he'll bring the people together in a way that Dwight couldn't because Dwight used whatever means he could and Mitch will have the benefit of just bridging those relationships in a more positive way. Yeah. And what what is their home base? It's the bar. Who owns the bar? Mitch. And what a perfect place to have the bar is a place that the police don't have the same jurisdiction. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Five five episodes in, I'm surprised that th- this is the episode we got. I'm just saying. I have mixed emotions. Yeah. Well, we all do, clearly. But to Sandro's point, if I may use an old Scarface reference, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Exactly. Because the end of the little squishy sound was (laughs) glorious. Yeah. No, it it started strong, and it finished strong. Um, But the main chunk of the episode, the main middle of the episode, made me very nervous about what we have in store well it's disappointing because this is not a show that has really wasted too much of our time no and so many of the dwight scenes could have been cut down the entire first scene in the funeral home 
He could have gone to the coffin, paid his respects, looked at his daughter, his daughter walked out of the room in a huff. Boom. Same impact. Now you can go outside and talk to your sister. We shaved a couple minutes off of the episode. There is so many examples. Like, cut the Stacey uh, phone call out, right? Like, you don't need this stuff in there. Yeah. And make that, like, it, it just feels like they extended these, like, it felt like filler. This show has not had that much filler before. Yeah, if you if you trim the fat of this episode, we've got a twenty minute TV show here, or we could just have a thirty six or thirty eight minute kick ass show. Yeah, um, I have a question for you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. When Bodie was when he's like, I'm happy to relay the message, and he's like, You will, but not yet. Did anyone expect the body part to be missing? Yes, I totally thought he was going to be tortured. I thought something was not coming back. Like, yeah, you're going to be the one delivering the message. All right, you know? Yeah. What did you think, Sandro? I, I did not think that, but uh, sure. <laughs> I just thought the way he delivered it, because that guy, the guy who was at the McAdams guy, he's yep. really good. He is very it's good. It's the accent. It's like the accent and the deviousness of him, the way he delivers it is really well done. Yeah, I thought he was going to be missing a few fingers, if not an entire hand. I thought one. I thought pinky or something or whatever. Yeah. Like there was going to be some sort of physical thing warning they were gonna step on his glasses yeah. <laughs> no i didn't expect some sort of like oh we're gonna carve the message into your skin or anything like that maybe they would have used him for bait or something but the smoke his stash or like <laughs> oh we'll drive him out into the middle of nowhere with you know like tied with his hands tied and just leave him to find and his way back or something make him like walk that. his way back yeah yeah you I know, thought, something. let me put it this way. I thought there would be something done. Maybe not to that extent, but something. It just seemed like the way, oh, you will, and then, but not yet. And then he just completely let him go. It is possible, though, that something happened that we didn't see that could come back in another episode. Yes. Right. You know what we, we did see that makes me very confused is how when Dwight murdered Nico, nobody really tried to stop him. I'm just wondering if they kind of knew. I would assume they knew, but they're not going to let it fly. So it's it's eye for an eye, but now we're probably going to kill you scenario. Now we have justification to go after you. Oh, well, maybe they weren't armed and thought that it wasn't a good idea with Dwight's the, current state to try and take their chances with him. They were definitely armed. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, in that in that mob world, like a made man can't do anybody anything else to a made man regardless, like no made man. But if Nico wasn't a made man, Dwight is. So in the hierarchy, he actually can, in some weird way, justify it or like defend his actions in some way. Yeah, but but if Chicky wanted to kill Dwight, no one's going to defend Dwight from the mob. No, not at no. all. In the port of public opinion, everybody wants once rid of Dwight anyway because he's dad's old friend. But he's a good earner. That's the only thing that's keeping him there is that exactly. he's earning, right? And that could be the that could actually be the the hole. Say the biker gang gets in the way of the earning, and yeah. then he's a real problem because he's not making money and he's an asshole. To them. And 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 Pete is still alive. There, there's got to be a reason why the old man is left alive. I I, I don't know what he's going to do in the storyline moving forward, but I hope he becomes a a, a more prominent character. Because or they use him to have, because it would be more impactful if Chicky killed him to take control than if Dwight did for revenge. And that, that's what I was saying earlier. But if Chicky doesn't kill his father, 
Pete is the one with all of the power in this show. So I'm really curious to see what they do with that. Whether they kill him and Chicky takes it, or if Chicky backs his father's decisions and the mob goes into Tulsa full on backing Dwight, disregarding Nico's murder. Like I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do there. It's, um, I don't know. This wasn't really a build up episode. It just, it did ask a few questions that I'm really worried aren't going to go anywhere. Yeah, like the main question: Where was that horse? <laughs> <laughs> Would have been awesome if it was running downtown New York City all of a sudden. He's like, "What the? How did it get here? How did it? What did it? What did <laughs> this, it get on the cargo? Hey, what happened here? This is really far from pasture." <laughs> Let's get to our highlights of the episode. Even though well, we've had we a couple all... of re- reveals there, uh, yeah. Ben, uh, Mitch, for sure. Uh, Mitch at the bar when uh, when Bodie gets dropped off. Absolutely amazing scene. Great acting from everyone involved. Even like Martin Starr didn't have to do anything. Just emote. Didn't really have to say anything. You knew what he was feeling. You saw the connection between him and Mitch. Mitch basically taking the lead, taking charge, making sure that everyone's okay. Um, a commanding performance, and I wanted to see more of that. I didn't give a shit about the rest of the episode as soon as I saw Mitch in this scene. So, yeah, it's it's the bar scene for me. Same for me. Uh, Amelia put a smile on my face. I like... <clears throat> I do use curse words, but I do think that curse words need to be used as seasoning, and I think that guy has the perfect amount of seasoning written in. Mm-hmm. It's, like, not too excessive, but it's definitely a present. Yeah. And it's hard to dance that without being too, like, just totally vulgar, right? Versus, you know, walking that fine line. I think this is our first unanimous highlight because I had Mitch kicking the cops out of the bar. And even, like Ben said, with um, Bodie, he didn't have to say anything. But almost just that action of putting his hands out to get the cuffs taken off, almost the perfect timing of like, oh, I know you guys just lost. It was like the icing on the cake for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, easily the highlight. So wow. that brings us to our final task of ranking the episode. Just as a quick reminder, we are looking at episode one, three, four, and then two. I am going to start by making the proclamation that I think this needs to go at the bottom. Yeah, I agree. It is the worst. It had highlights, but it's just, no, it's just nowhere near as good as the other episodes. So I'm German, and I'm very familiar with how Germans over-engineer stuff, and this felt over-engineered and unnecessary. So I'm going to put it at the bottom right now. Yeah. Even though the center of the universe, episode two, we had as the worst, the trip to the... um, Dispensary. Dispensary. I can't get that right. The trip to the dispensary at least had like an like a feeling of an overarching occurrence where any of the highlights of this episode were segmented and fragmented into these little pockets surrounded by Dwight's terribly boring storyline. So it didn't even have the benefit of feeling congruent. There was definitely highlights in this episode, but if we think about the highlights, which I would say Tyson scenes, the bar scene and the Nico kill were the highlights for me. That does not amount to a lot of the runtime of the episode, so it's going to the bottom. Yeah, it felt like whoever directed the episode had no previous knowledge of the story. Well, 
I guess all we can do now is wait and see where the next episode goes. Fingers crossed. From everyone here at Channel Surfing, remember, here we are bloody but not beaten. Down but not out. From this point on, this city and everything in it belongs to us. Until next time.